Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Therapy Is Life, Thinking, Feeling and Experiencing Wellbeing. I'm so happy to be here today with Naisha Perry, my Good girl. Morning. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Today in this episode, we're going to be talking about trauma. Trauma. I love the title of this episode, Trauma. My pain, my fear, my anger keeps me in a cage. We today live in a world where there's so much pain and sorrow. So many of us are living in trauma and in pain, and we don't know what to do with it. Don't even understand we are traumatized. Today, we want to talk a little bit about that and try to bring some sense to a very complex and difficult subject matter. I hope you are in to understand what we're going to talk about, because maybe you today, you are suffering with trauma that has never been identified. Maybe somebody in your household is struggling with trauma and they've never been identified. Maybe they've been told they have anxiety. Maybe they've been told they have depression. Maybe they've been told that they have ADHD or, you know, I'm just a difficult person. Many of us have been traumatized from birth up and we never gotten any help, but it's affected the way we see life. And today, we live in a cage, locked up, don't know how to get out. We may not even understand that we're in a cage. But once we become aware, we can begin to move forward and make something happen and break out of our cage. Naisha? Yes. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing fine. Good. Excellent. Listen, listen when we think about, you know, trauma i like to think about it as a terrifying event or reoccurring events Mm -hmm. that might happen to a person it may happen to groups of people these events not they not only things that we actually experience personally but we also could witness them yes but they have significant impact on our health i think the first thing to consider is it affects our ability to, we have these memories about these events. We might have these dreams and flashbacks about these events. We may want to avoid these things that trigger us thinking about these events. We may have cognitions or beliefs altered because of the fear of re-experiencing these events. And of course, it will impact our emotional state. So many people are experiencing this and 
don't understand that they're going through trauma. And I want your help today. Okay. Give, give me a little feedback. What are you, what's your thoughts on trauma? Yeah, trauma is, it can be different types of trauma, right? You mm-hmm. know, that acute trauma is something that occurs one specific time. There's an event, there's a situation that leaves an everlasting impact on the individual, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, whether it's flashbacks, trouble sleeping, and they're perceiving this particular situation or event, as a threat to them and mm. feeling like they're in the cage and they can't get out of the cage in their own head, you know, in their own body. Trauma lives in our bodies. So it can be one event or it can be a series of events. So it could be things that happened over time, just experiencing, you know, hearing about something traumatic that happened to someone else, witnessing something or something directly happening to that person. Look, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Okay. And speaking of the the acute trauma, I think about what happened in Buffalo. You know, the people who lost their lives or the people who didn't lose their lives but was in the store at the time. Absolutely. You know, and their family members and, you know, all the things that was lost. Are they afraid to go to a grocery store now? Absolutely. You know, being afraid to go to the grocery store, being afraid of being in public areas where some people may believe, oh, it's just a little anxiety. I'm a little nervous about it or shaken up. No, mm-hmm. that's trauma. Right, right. Exactly. And it, it might be so hard for them to take that first step to go in a store. And if they do go in a store, it might take so much energy that by the time they are done, they are so exhausted because it took so much just to be in that place and this may go on we might say normally for about a month right if it goes on beyond a month we need to see our medical doctor yes so we look at trauma on a continuum so we have the acute where it's like zero to three months right after the zero to three months and you're like okay i'm starting to transition and feel like i'm getting back to a level Mm -hmm. of normalcy then we look at three to six months and we're like huh okay how am I adjusting to this? Am I not even adjusting at all? Am I just ordering items online? I'm not going into grocery stores anymore. And then we look at, okay, anything past six months, right? We're going into a whole lifestyle change. How has this particular event affected you? And now, next thing you know, PTSD from yeah. one singular event. Exactly. And so... Think about that event. We hear about what's going on in Florida right now, even as we speak. You know, the lives, things that could be changed. People could lose their homes. Yeah. Everything they have could be washed away. And this could lead to PTSD symptoms. And that's one of the things we have to understand about PTSD. It occurs as a result of some event that changes our dramatically. Yeah. And to speak to that also, when we think about PTSD, we have to also think about it. The first responders. Yes. And how they may be traumatized when they are in these situations. Police. I know sometimes people have such an issue with police. (laughs) But geez. You know, I remember a police told me one time, he said, you know, he said to me, he said, I said, there's all these places I used to go to. All these places I used to go to that when I go there now, I see all this pain and suffering. I see visions of lives being lost and all this stuff. And it's like, sometimes it's so unfortunate because these are places I used to go to get some refuge. And, and, 
and I wasn't a therapist when this man told me this at the time. So I, now thinking back on that, he was struggling with some PTSD yes. based on all the things that he was going mm-hmm. through. And if I was talking to him today, I would definitely be like, you know, you need to get some therapy. You need to talk to somebody. Yeah, give me you, some resources. Yeah, you need, yeah, you need to use your resources. Because if you don't, obviously you're going to continue to have these uh, these struggles with memories and recalls. And it may affect your performance in your job. Yes, and he's like avoidance, right? When we talk about avoidance, those places no longer give him that sense of peace. And he's starting to feel different about those, you know, past situations. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And what about like, okay, we can talk about firefighters and the things they deal with and, Mm -hmm. and how they have to go into serious, really dangerous situations. And suppress those emotions when you get there, you know, as therapists. When we think about a firefighter, when they go into a burning building, they can't pull up to the building and be like, oh my God, you know, they gotta pull up to that building and they gotta be prepared to save Mm -hmm. lives. They have to be prepared to be able to think realistically about what their job is. And those emotions are put on the back burner. Mm Right. You can't feel as therapists. We are conditioned and desensitized to so many things that we hear about from our clients. We can't just lay on the couch and start crying with our clients. We have to find somewhere else to hold those emotions Mm -hmm. and ground ourselves. So first responders don't always have that space to really process like, wow, this really affected me. This was tough. When do I even deal with this? Exactly. To go further, I'll think of. You know, nurses and doctors during the pandemic, oh my gosh, they was hit so hard. And now we see so many people like retiring or getting out of the profession because of what happened during the pandemic. And many of them committed suicide. They took their own lives because they couldn't deal with all the burden of every day, seeing all the Mm -hmm. sickness and all the deaths. It was just too much and they didn't have a way to process that. And as a therapist, oftentimes have to you know, we talked about this before. I have to step back and realize, you know, hey, I'm here to cope. I'm here to support people. I have to figure out ways to cope and manage this because, yeah, it can be a lot to hear people's stories yes. every day. You're holding on. And we take on some people, you know, who have a significant amount of empathy for others. And even though, the as we talk about the definition of trauma, not always that we were there and we directly experienced it but because we heard about it it affects us yeah vicariously yeah speaking of that i remember this young man that i worked with some years ago his parents brought him into the office where i was working at the time and i was a pretty much a new therapist i was just starting in the process and he came in, the young man was very sad. He was about six or seven years old, very sad. And he was talking about the loss of his brother and how he felt about it. He had an older brother who had passed away. And he talked about having dreams about it and being afraid. And what I realized as we began to do the assessment process, this brother had died like four years or so before he was born. Oh, okay. Due to gun violence. But the family was still struggling with it so much. That this young boy had taken on his family trauma and grief. So we had to actually address the family and how they was grieving and dealing with their trauma in order to help the little boy be able to adjust and deal with his feelings around the loss of his brother. But he never, he wasn't alive. He wasn't even thought of. But because of how his mom and his other family members were responding to it, it had such 
a powerful impact yes. on his life. You know, we think about soldiers, you know, we, we look at them and what they experienced. In fact, we could go back and say that the early studies around PTSD were done on soldiers. The whole idea of being shell shocked. Uh, it, yes. was, it was done on soldiers because they was coming back with all these symptoms and these all these startle responses and reactions. Yes, hypervigilant, flashbacks, trouble sleeping. Yes, and anger, not being able to find direction. And we had to look into it and try to explore it. Now, I must say, on some level, this is a societal thing I'm about to say right here. You know, it was good that the soldiers got help. A lot of times when things get invented, created, studied, it's because of military and it kind of trickles down okay. like, like our phones, the technology that makes our phones was probably first some military technology Yeah, and later became something we would do. So when we understand this, we can appreciate, you know, what the military does for us in that way. But today we understand a whole lot more about PTSD because many of our servicemen who have spent much time in the military and have been in wars. We salute them. We support them. But many of them come back with significant PTSD symptoms. In the diagnostic manual that we use to diagnose individuals with mental health conditions, there is a chronic PTSD diagnosis. And this refers to individuals who have experienced ongoing traumatic events. I want to talk a little bit about it because it's there. But today we're going to focus more on complex PTSD. So I'm about to shoot back over to my girl and everything. And all you people, when you heard the word chronic, you got triggered. Nope, (laughs) nope. And the Lakers did beat the Supersonics, but that's okay. Okay, so yeah, chronic would be ongoing, a domestic violence situation, a child who witnesses domestic violence in a house as chronic, as reoccurring. Mm -hmm. But when we get into complex, right, complex adds on a lot of different layers to the trauma. What makes it complex could be your abuser or, yeah, we'll just say your abuser. If you were in a domestic violence situation or sexually abused, your abuser may also be a family member. So the Mm. complexity adds on the different layers of the trauma according to relationships and environments. Uh, I got you. I got you. So when people have experienced trauma and more so complex trauma, it is like this has become interwoven into every aspect of their life. Yes. And so it's difficult for them to see the world in a way that might be free and non-threatening. So mm-hmm. they kind of frame their reality inside a picture, yes. inside a place where they have no peripheral vision. And all they see is the things that might be dangerous to them. And it's crazy because it's like, having an alarm system that's constantly going off at the slightest thing. You know, you got that toaster oven that it cooks real good. But when you got that oversensitive alarm, it goes off no matter what. So when we think about trauma and particularly complex trauma, we think about a person whose alarm is always going off. Despite the fact it may not even be that hot in the kitchen. We're going to talk about this some more in our next episode. We'll be exploring how complex trauma impacts children, adults, and relationships. Stay tuned 
for the second part of this discussion.